So I'm going to move us to, to our talk for today. We've been looking at, in the summer, we started last week um, a sermon series on Jesus' friends or the people who became friends of Jesus, the people who he had a, like a soft spot for, the ones he, he drew closer to. And um, we, we look, saw last week uh, the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. Um, and today we're looking at uh, children. That's why we had our, our lovely pieing um, and all of that. It was because today we're looking at the theme of, of children and what can we learn from them and what can we learn from Jesus approaching them. In, in a culture where, where children had no place, a culture where children had no, um, weren't important, weren't, weren't part really of, of the structure until they were teenagers, it, they weren't really seen as people. Um, and Jesus still had a, a special place for them in his heart and in his ministry. Uh, so let's have a look at that. But as we start, um, I'm just going to go through, because we, we are still in the sort of fun mode with the pieing, uh, a few things I found on Instagram lately, which I found was interesting for those of you who know kids at least. Um, so it says the average four-week Four year ask 437 questions per day. That is why you're so tired. Um, and then a bit of summer stress relaxing is a new word I didn't know existed. It says being stressed that relaxing makes you more stressed because you're not working on what's making you stressed. And this is a test for, for kids. Um, and you probably can't read the question. So, who is your hero? Dad, and it wasn't my kids. I'd love it to be my kids. Why do you consider the person your hero? He is brave. Is there anything your hero is frightened of? Mum. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it could easily be any of my three kids. Um, I can say this because Sonia's at home. We have one with chicken pops. So, um, toddlers can't tie shoes, have to wear Velcro instead. But when they grab a tablet, they are like whiz heroes. And the last one is types of headaches. Got migraine, hypertension, stress, and a toddler parent. Um, having said all of that, we love kids, don't we? It's, it's so, so lovely to have kids. And, and part of, um, of what we're doing today with, with the game, with the pie, was thinking how, how do kids, what can we learn from children? What can we learn from how they do things? And um, one of the things they, they've got, which is a bit what I was trying to uh, point out with James was uh, that they trust. They, re they really trust. They, they believe um, in you. When you say something, that they trust you, which is a really beautiful trait, even though James probably shouldn't have trusted me. But um, they, they do trust, uh, and they do have a lot of so, sort of self-sacrificial love. They, they generally care for others. They generally want to help others. So we'll be looking at Matthew, and we'll be looking at, at two bits of Matthew. So I'm going to read the first bit, and then we'll read our, our next bit later on in the, in the sermon. And in Matthew 18, um, it says this, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who, then, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest is in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name 
welcomes me. And I've always had a bit of a, a think about what, what does it mean to be a little child and what does he mean by little child. At the time when they, called, when they talked about little children, it was seven-year-olds or less. So it's the children who hadn't started any kind of education. Those were the, the people they, they'd called, like what we'd call toddlers today. It was a bit extended. Um, but that was the little children. And when Jesus says, um, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, um, there's, there's a, quite a bit of a, a debate about what does that mean and what are the traits that we need to learn from children. But I think there's, there's so, so many that we can learn. Um, and, and one of the, the main things that sort of most of the, the people who've studied this properly have said is that um, the main thing is, is their need for someone else to help them out, the need for someone else, and base, the basic instinct that to become, to get into the kingdom of God, we need a savior. Uh, and that's, that's the heart of, of the message in, about being like children is, the children need someone to sustain and need someone to work on their behalf, need someone to defend them. They need a savior. They need someone to care for them. And in the same way, to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, to be able to relate to God, we need to start by that place of recognition that we need a savior, that we need someone to be with us, someone to save us, someone to defend us, someone to be on our behalf. And that's why we're called to be like little children. But there's more to little children. And um, these are a few of the things I've been thinking this week about why uh, I like little children and what do I like about them. And the first one is they don't care. And you can see don't care at the beginning and care at the, at, at the bottom, which doesn't make much sense. But they don't care about race. They don't care about gender. They don't care about status. Uh, children don't need to feel su supremely powerful, perfectly righteous or to totally autonomous. Those are adult fantasies. They don't care about all these things. They care about other things. And they care about more important things, I would say. And even though we say, oh, they're so innocent, they're so small, they don't know, actually, maybe if you look at little kids, you realize that a lot of the time, they care about important things, and they don't care about non-important things that we as adults have constructed as important. The second is they accept. They accept their reality. They accept who their parents are, uh, the world as it is. Um, they receive it without being proud of it. Uh, they, they just receive it. These are my parents. This is, this is who I am. And they don't need to think it's too much. These are my parents. My, if, if you see on Sunday, many, many times you'll see my kids running around. Most Sundays you'll see them running around doing nice little loops. And they usually have an Argentina T-shirt on it, on them. Um, that's not because we won the World Cup, though we did. Um, and I might mention this every other Sunday. Um, but it's, it's because, because we are Argentine, and therefore they feel Argentine in a way. This is what they've just inherited. We bought them their first Argentina T-shirt, and this is who they are. And they just recognize and they accept the reality of who they are. And, and you, can, you can see this link with Christianity. It's accepting the reality of who we are. We are children of God. Uh, and it's such a, a beauty to be able to recognize that. And it's so simple in a way and so complex in another. Um, the third thing is they trust. They trust the people they love. They trust the people who they have 
decided are trustworthy. So they trust the grandparents and the, and the teachers, and they trust the, the parents and other people who might be significant in the, their lives. They just trust. And sometimes they are overly confident in that trust. Like Toby is too, he'll just jump off anything and know it's sort of, even if I'm very far away, I think he thinks I'm much faster than I am, and he'll just go for it, and I'll have to go and run because he knows I'll catch him. Um, and, and that's another beautiful trait, is that trust in the people they love, especially their parents and grandparents. And the, the last thing is they, they care. Don't, don't kids really care? They're so, so different in, in their sort of selfless love. Like you see a kid with two biscuits, sometimes they're really selfish. Let's, let's be kind of honest here. But, but sometimes they're so, they're so kind of selfless. They're like, I've got two biscuits. He doesn't have one. I'll just give it to him. And we are like, I've got lots of money in the bank. I'm not going to share it. But it's... It's such, such a different kind of attitude. We are much more sort of self-preserving. We're like, oh, I'm going to keep my biscuit in case I'm hungry tomorrow, or in case I really want a biscuit in a week's time. And they're like, I've got two. I'll just give it away. And I, I love that, that sense of care, that, that sense of, of that person needs me, and I'll just go out and help. And they do that a lot. And uh, one of the people that I've admired quite a bit in the last few years is, is a woman called Heidi Baker. I don't know if, if you've heard of her. Uh, she's a missionary in Mozambique. Uh, and um, she has some amazing stories of, of uh, work. She works mainly with orphans. Uh, and what she's built her a ministry around is uh, she's got orphanages and, and lots of other things that, that they do to sort of support the people in need. But one of the things that uh, I found amazing about her ministry is she's discovered that kids actually really love and care others. And, and they generally want the best for other people. And what she's realized as well is that kids can pray just as we do. And kids can trust God just as we do. And therefore what she does is when, when she goes out to do sort of these evangelistic events, so they go to villages and, and they, they preach the gospel and they go to these places where lots of them don't have any Christians at all. And, and what she does is if these kids care and these kids trust God and these kids can pray, let's get them to pray. Uh, and they get sort of five-year-olds, six-year-olds to pray for people who are ill and they, they see God do some amazing things. Uh, because She's recognized the heart of the kids and how that heart is exactly what God wants for us, uh, from us. He wants us not to care about unimportant things like status, uh, gender, um, lots of other things. Uh, he, he, he wants us to accept who we are in him, to recognize that he is our father and that we are his children. And therefore, there is a call to wear that sort of Argentina t-shirt, to wear something of our identity because he is our father and we, we want to be like him. And he wants us to trust just like little kids and he wants us to care. So I'm going to show just a, a two-minute video of um, some of the things, or one thing that happened to Heidi Baker in Mozambique. So have a look. Are we ready, Freddy? So be before we play the video, Freddy's doing three services today. It's summer, all our sound, or many of our sound people aren't around. <laughs> Thank you, Freddy, so much. Okay, let's go for the video.
I had a vision. I had a vision that changed my life, and I'll never be the same. I saw um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of children, and I, I thought, I don't want to see this. And I started screaming out loud, no, no. And then Jesus showed up. He looked at me with those eyes of love, those burning, shandai, burning, passionate, fiery eyes of love, just like. And he looked at me and everything just changed. He looked at me and he said, there's always enough because I died. There's always enough because I died. This little girl taught me what love looks like. She, she taught me what love and mercy looks like. I know what this little girl does. You know, she has to sell her body, her one-legged body to eat. She sells her one-legged body to get a piece of bread. She sells her one-legged body, her one-legged 10-year-old body to drink a Coca-Cola. You know, this is like, Somebody stop for one. Somebody, you know, this 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 little girl is suffering out here. Like the pain in her was incredible. And grandmother's a witch doctor. So when the house burned down and her leg burned off, grandmother said to the two older brothers, go out to the field and kill Helena. Kill her stone her because she's of no use to us. She's no value to us. She has no leg. So the brothers go out to the field and they throw rocks at her head and they think that she's dead. They think she's dead, but she's not. And she's lying there, bloody, broken, dying. This is so much. It's so clear. You can read the gospel and you can read it. And if you just talk to people, and you don't understand that love looks like something, and you just say to Elena, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. What a cruddy mess of a life you have. And you don't say to her, come home and live with me. Then love is it. I don't know what love is if it doesn't look like something. And one day, after a while, she just looks at me and she goes, Mama, I want to go home. And I, I just, I thought, no way. The, my first reaction was, no way. No way. Uh, no. I wanted to, I just said, no, no. You're not going back to that home. That's like, that's the most dysfunctional family that I've ever heard of. And I know a few. You know, it's like, that one, no. And she said, what do you mean? How do you, do you think... You told me about grace. She said, you said Jesus forgives. You said Jesus loves. You said Jesus loves. You said love looks like something. You said, you said mercy. She said, how can I not go home and tell my family about Jesus? How can I not go home and tell them about love? I love that story because it shows that sort of genuine love and care of kids. It just shows that nearly pure heart where she's discovered love. She's discovered Jesus. He's like, my family needs to know about this. My family needs to hear about this. Um, 
So as we see um, the life of children, we, we're going to have a re the reading in a minute. Um, uh, one of the things I, I, I was kind of reflecting and thinking is, how does this reflect on our five new values? I was thinking, does being like a child reflect at all? I'm going to read the values and you tell me if, if it doesn't reflect being childlike. And we're all going to become like kids now as a church if these are our values. It's community, loving community. It's being authentic. It's being joyful. It's being encouraging and liking to go on an adventure. Isn't not that the heart of being a child? You love community. You generally, they're quite joyful. I don't know, for some reason, like, uh, the, the younger they are, the more joyful they are. Like, our two-year-old is running around everywhere and just laughing and smiling. And just because he hasn't seen the complexity of the world or something, but it's, it's so much joy. They're generally encouraging one another. And they generally are authentic and love a good adventure. So when we're talking about our values, at the end of the day, what we're saying is, let's be like little children, church. That's our call, is to be like little children. And no matter what our age is, let's learn from these little children and not probably the other way around. So let's have our, our reading. Um, Brenda's going to read for us. Those who are able, can they please stand for the gospel reading? Thank you. The reading today is Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 15, and can be found on 986 of the Church Bibles. The Little Children and Jesus... Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be Thank to God. So Jesus said, and as they were bringing the kids, let the little children, those under seven, come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when I read these words, there's, there's two things that I, I, I get out of it. One is that God has a real heart for children, that they're his, and therefore everything we can do to support and help children is at the heart of God. And one of the things that I found great about this church when I was, we were looking at sort of what was the next move and where, where should we apply to, to a job um, was that this church has historically had, for the last 60 years, a real heart for children. And I think God has blessed the church because of that heart for children. You see, like, if, if you read sort of the history of the church, ever since the beginning, there's been loads of kids and, and a, a real emphasis from the church to say, we need to invest in kids. We need to invest uh, our leaders, our volunteers, our time in these kids. Uh, and I think that's really at God's heart. But the thing I wanted to focus more on was, what does it mean 
to be like children, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, to those who are like children. Um, and I just was talking about sort of some of the traits they have. Um, and um, we've just arrived from New Wine, and one of the things that uh, struck me about New Wine is we went last year, so, so Benji was five, our oldest was five, and um, when we were driving back, he said, um, we asked sort of what was the last session, how, how was it, and, and he said, oh, I, I felt the presence of God. I was like, what? Like a five-year-old, he said, we had this time of prayer, and I felt the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow, that's great. I said, what, what else happened? He said, oh, God put some pictures in my mind, because that's what God does. Um, and I was like, that's amazing. A five-year-old feeling the presence of God and, and recognizing that that was the presence of God um, was, was really sort of quite mind-blowing. And I was thinking, well, of course you'll feel the presence of God. Of course, if God says we have to be like little children, he believes in God, he believes in Jesus, he, he's there saying, God, uh, in, in, a, in a moment, in a space where he's saying, yes, I want to meet with you, of course God will, will come. Because he's, he's doing everything we're called to do. He's being humble, he's, being, uh, he's trusting, he's believing, and God shows up. And then this year, uh, after New Wine, we came back, uh, and um, in New Wine, they, they do this kind of prayer for kids where they ask if, if they want Jesus to be their forever friend. It's, it's sort of the, the, their version of like our, what we'd call sort of the salvation prayer, or the prayer of surrender to God, or giving God our hearts. So, so we asked, did you do that prayer? He said, no. I was like, okay, that's all right. He said, because I'm already Jesus' friend. Like, why will I have to do a new prayer if, if we're already friends? Like, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He's been my friend already. I don't have to invite him again. I was like, oh, yes, that's brilliant. You got it. Like, it's so simple. And, and yet we sometimes make it so complicated. So the kingdom of heaven is theirs, is, is the kids, and of those who are like him. So... Um, what does it mean to be like it, them? And I just wanted to share two, two of the things that struck me more than anything else is they have a sense of wonder, have a sense of wonder towards life. Everything's new and fresh. They have a sense of hope much more than probably we do as adults. They have a sense of excitement with new things much more than we have. Uh, and I think as, as grown-ups, we, we lose it a bit, don't we? We lose a sense of wonder. And isn't it great to be with people who have that sense of wonder, even if they're grown-ups? When they talk about something, it's like, oh, wow, I want to do that as well. Or they tell you about uh, the time when they were in some place, and you're like, oh, I'd love to go there, because there's so much wonder in them. There's so much sort of amazement of what they're seeing um, that, that you want to be like them. And that's what happens with kids. Um, like a few, we are doing a bit of potty training now with Toby. So I'm giving a lot of kids examples because we're talking about kids. Um, but um, so we're doing potty training at the moment with Toby. And the second day, he was sitting in the potty late at night, and he was able to deliver the package in the right place at the right time um, after a few. Uh, yeah, I don't share but about the other few. Uh, it's not fun, but. He, he was so happy, he came running into the bedroom, and he's like, Daddy, I did a poo, come and see it. And he's like, he took me to, to, the, to the toilet, and he's like, there it is. And he's like, all proud and happy with his, his poo in the loo, um, in the little toilet. And, 
I just felt, oh, what a nice sense of wonder in life. And then it was like, he's celebrating a pool. Like, how much wonder can you have? But, but then, he, then we, he said, uh, the, the next day he was like, shall we make a fire? I said, because they, they like having marshmallows in, in the fire pit. And the level of excitement is like, yeah, and they're just running around and celebrating. And I'm like, that sense of wonder with things that are happening, have we lost it as grown-ups? Uh, and there's so much God is doing around the world, and so much God is doing amongst us. Uh, and we sometimes are like, oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, we, we talked about uh, finances uh, at the beginning of the year. We talked about uh, a big issue with, with um, we had like a the beginning of the year, we had a 58k deficit, and uh, and, w- and we prayed and we talked about it. And this year, it seems we're going to finish uh, breaking even, and that's 58,000 pounds different, and that's a lot. And we and sometimes we we talk about that, and it's like, oh, that's good, it's amazing. God is here. God is doing things. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Um, or, or last last Sunday, I, I came to to evening service. Um, I was preaching, and uh, before service, there was, there was a lad sitting over there, and I didn't recognize him, so I, I went to say hello. I wasn't sure what, what age he was, um, so I just had a quick chat with him, um, and then, because the service was about to start, and then I spoke to him after service, and um, I asked him, like, do you know anyone? Wh- wh- what's your connection? He says, no, I don't know anyone. And he says, it's, it's one of the first times I've ever stepped into a church. And I said, oh, that's great. And I said, like, why, why did you end up here? And he said, well, um, I, I met a pastor a while back, and he, he talked to me about Jesus. And I thought, sounds, sounds good. He has a, um, a Muslim dad who's sort of not practicing, and his mom doesn't believe either. Um, and... And this pastor talked to him about Jesus, and he said, and then I went on YouTube and started searching about sort of God and all of these things. And he said, and I became a Christian, and I believe in Jesus, so I came to church. I'm like, that's amazing. Round of applause for that, please. And that's, and that's not the work of any of us. That's not sort of, we can say, okay, this person is a great evangelist, did this. We had nothing to do with that. That's God bringing people to himself. That's God calling people to himself and just giving us the privilege, hopefully, to disciple them, to show them more about who God is. And I, I so believe that we, we start losing the, the sense of wonder because of the pain and the frustration in, in the world and the times we, we didn't see things happen as we wanted to, and therefore we, we start losing that sense of wonder. And, and I hope as we look at little kids today is that we can rediscover the sense of wonder because the Christian life without wonder is quite boring. It's quite sort of following rules, it's following things you have to do. But bringing wonder... And it's amazing. You can start seeing what God is doing around the world. You can start seeing what God is doing in our midst. And you start having faith that he will continue to that. And it becomes a really exciting adventure. So I think wonder is actually one of the greatest things that shifts Christian life from being a bit dull and boring and more or less all right, or the right thing to do, to an exciting life, which is, I think, what we see in Jesus' life, and the reason why fishermen would leave everything and other people leave everything to follow him, because he was presenting a life of wonder and adventure and fun. And the other thing we see from them is that they trust, and they just completely trust in in their parents, in other people. And, And I think 
sometimes when we've been Christians for a long time, we trust God for our eternity, and we're like, yes, I'll trust you with that, but we stop trusting that God will show up. We stop trusting that God is in this, that God is part of what we're doing. We stop trusting that God will bring a Rafi like he did last week and just place a 16-year-old in our church who has no connection with the church at all but is hungry for more of God. We, we forget or we stop trusting that we will see new people come to faith. We forget, we stop trusting that our family members, friends, uh, colleagues at work might discover the amazing grace of God. And I think that's, that's again what kids do, is they go nearly far beyond what we expect in their trust, and they just jump off and expect us to catch them. And, and I think we, we stop losing that. And then, again, church starts becoming a bit dull, a bit boring, a bit unexciting, because we're not expecting God to show up. We're not expecting God to do anything new and fresh. And therefore, it just becomes a set of rules and rhythms with, with no life in it. And, and that's what I want us to learn more than anything else from today, is let's be like kids. So I'm taking our... our being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did, to being with kids, becoming like kids, and doing what kids do. And what kids do is they trust, and they, they have wonder, and they believe, and they dream. And I think we don't do as much. And, and one of the passages that we read, I read Matthew 18, and then Brenda read Matthew 19. So it's, it's a whole chunk where, where Matthew's touching on this theme of being like kids. And in the middle of that, he tells a parable of the shepherd who has a hundred sheep and leaves them to find the one who's lost, leaves 99 to find the one who's lost. It's a parable, we, we, a story we know very well. And, and I love that that's in, in the middle of it because what, what God is saying in, in the middle of talking, okay, be like kids, trust like little kids, he puts in this story about the father who goes to find the kid who's lost, who goes to find the sheep who's lost. He grabs, he leaves everything to find that person. Uh, and I think when God is inviting us to trust, he's saying, trust and have wonder and have excitement because I've got this, because I'm here for you, because I won't leave you by yourself, because I'm going to, if you wander off, if you, if you are distracted, I'm going to leave what I'm doing, and I'm going to go and find you and bring you back to me. Uh, and what, that's why we can trust him. And that's why we, we can expect things of him, because he's promised these things. And, and in a way, I, I think what, what Jesus is doing in, in that teaching and bringing it all together is, do you not know who your father is, in a way? Do you not know that your father would leave everything to find you? Why don't you trust like little kids? Do you, are you not aware that God is in this, that God's got this? I think that, that's his, the heart of what he's saying, is this idea of you can trust, and look how you can trust, because I've got this, because I am in this with you, because I'm here with you, and if anything happens, I'll be surrounding you. I'll, I've got your life, I've got your church. I'm going to invite us to pray now, and... Maybe think of how, or choose to pray and say, God, I choose to trust you beyond my eternity, beyond my eternal life. I want to trust you more than that. I want to trust 
what you can do in our midst. I don't want to live a life of wonder where uh, I find wonder in everywhere I go. Shall we pray? Please close your eyes and I'm going to invite the band to come forward. And with our eyes closed, I can just imagine Jesus speaking with his disciples saying, do you not know who your father is? Do you not know that he leaves the 99 for you? Do you not know that he's got this? He is all of this. He truly is faithful to his word and you can trust him. And God, we choose to trust you. We choose to live a life of trust in you. Not only trust that, you've, that you're loving and kind and have offered us salvation and eternal life, but also a life where we know that you're with us as we journey this world. We know that you're looking to extend your kingdom with us. You're looking for us to be amazed by what you're doing in our midst and to trust that you'll continue doing your work amongst us. So Father, I pray that you'll help us put our trust in you. Really, really put our trust in you. Really, really be like those little kids who depend on their parents. God, we choose to want to depend on you. We can do lots of things by ourselves, but we can't extend your kingdom without you. So Lord, we pray that you'd give us trust, faith in you.